Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. We are glad that you have chosen to be here and to worship alongside of us this morning. The flowers that are in our sanctuary this morning are placed in memory of Paul Humphreys, given by Roger and Ellen Humphreys. So we wanted to take note of those flowers placed in our sanctuary this morning. Again, we are excited that you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist, and we hope you enjoy this morning as you worship with us. Good morning. Good to see each of you here today. Um, you know, we have had the screens for several months, and then something happened Friday that prevented us from using them today. They'll be back next week, but I had several uh, who missed that this morning and seeing those announcements up there, but they will be back next week. Uh, today is a special day for us as a church. We welcome uh, the Reverend Candy Wilson with us as our new Associate Pastor of Music and Adult Ministry. And, and her husband Dick as well, and they will be available, and I know you'll love to, uh, after the service, and would love to speak with you and, and you with them uh, after the service today. In preparation for our worship today, I'm going to ask that you join me in our opening prayer, and there's one section there in the prayer that is in bold print. And when we get to that bold print part, I don't want you to just simply read it, but I want you to read it with the emotion that one might speak it uh, in frustration. Uh, hurry up. Oh, excuse me, give me my glasses. Hurry up and change the world, God. And so when we get to that point, I want you to say it as if you are frustrated and you truly mean the words there that are printed in bold. Pray with me as we begin. Dear God, it's so easy to get discouraged by the news in our community, across our country and around the globe. Everywhere we look, we hear of violence and conflict and injustice. Like the prophets of old, we want to cry out. And then we look at our own lives and realize you are calling us to hurry up and change the world. As we encounter Christ in our worship this hour, may our lives be transformed. May we leave this place eager to share your blessings, your justice, and your love with a world yearning for a new way of living. Amen.
Please note that our opening hymn, the words are listed in your order of service, so please stand and join me in singing Shout to the Lord. this morning. I've missed you. We had a couple of things we want to talk about this morning. One is our shoeboxes. We all know what our shoeboxes are for, don't we? But I've learned a little bit more about the shoeboxes this week. I know how hard it would be not to have something to open when it comes Christmas time. We have children all over the world who are not as fortunate as we are, who don't have the things that are on this piece of paper. Some things that we would like to have ourselves, but really at home, 
we've got more than this. We are blessed. Our families, our friends, our moms and our dads bless us every day with things that are just simple to us. But to some child across the ocean, they're major, they're big time gifts. So my box today is empty. There's nothing in it. But come Wednesday night, when we have our family shoebox shuffle, like we did last year, which was phenomenal to see everybody working together and filling boxes, we're gonna have a box that looks like this. Now the adults made an attempt on Tuesday to pack boxes. And that's what they packed right over there, which is a lot. And they're all chugged full of stuff that when a little child gets this box, they're gonna say, wow, look at this. I've got a stuffed animal, I've got flip-flops. I might have a truck. It might be green and yellow, like John Deere, mightn't it, James? So, I want you to think about this this week. Think about filling this box full of things just like this, boy or girl, it doesn't matter. And then not next Sunday, but the next Sunday, which is the 13th, we're gonna have a special children's blessing on all these bags so that not only are they gonna be filled with your stuff, but they're gonna be filled with love and a special blessing from your heart. So come Wednesday, remember, this is what we're doing. Now, the second thing is tonight. All of us shine sometimes, don't we, James? Mm -hmm. Whoops. We shine a little bit, don't we? Little light, little light. That's our smile. That's our love that's in our heart. But then tonight, and this doesn't show up very well, but it's gonna glow. This is the love that we're gonna share with the children and the families and the communities that come to our church tonight for shine your light for Jesus. We have so much light. We have so much love for the faith that's growing in our heart, for the love that our church and our families are giving us, that we need to shine it. So let's shine it tonight. Bring a friend, bring two friends, and we'll do our trail of treats through the church, play games, and end up with supper. Can we do that? I know we can. And I know you're gonna come dressed as some magnificent princess or something. King Arthur is what Aiden's coming, so he needs his maid of love somewhere. Maybe he'll find it tonight. <laughs> so, busy week for us. We're gonna fill our boxes with love, but tonight we're gonna shine our light to the community on our smiles on our face and our love in our heart. Let us pray. Jesus, the love that shines on these children's faces lets us know of the love that's in their heart. 
the smile that is on their face. It is what you have put there, what the families and this church have taught these children, that there is love to give and love to shine. Bless this church, bless our families, bless these children. They are so special to each and every one of us. And I thank you for them. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be reading this morning from Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4 and 2, 1 through 4. If you want to follow along, it's page 811 in your pew Bible. The oracle of God which Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and thou wilt not hear? Or cry to thee, violence, and thou wilt not save? Why dost thou make me see wrongs and look upon trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law is slacked, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. I will take my stand to watch and station myself on the tower and look forth to see what he, is, he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain upon tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, he whose soul is not upright in him shall fail, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Our next hymn is number 60, Be Thou My Vision. It's found in your hymnal. Please stand with me as you are able.
before I pray this morning, and as, as Ted comes, he's going to, Ted, you come on up here with, us this, with me this morning. Uh, he's going to mention something in just a moment. But um, next Sunday night, this has not, not uh, received a lot of promotion yet just because it's recently just come together. But in light of uh, everything going on within our community or our, our uh, country more so, and uh, we have planned a special night next Sunday night, just a praise and prayer is what we're calling it, a wonderful night of praise and prayer. This will be in our LEC at 6 o'clock. Uh, there will be a full band leading us in some praise music that evening, uh, many of the songs of which we've sung in church, although there will be some new songs as well. Uh, and there will be some times of prayer interspersed with that music, and uh, it will be an informal time. Uh, we'll have just some light snacks in there next Sunday night at 6 but uh, be thinking about that and come if you can. Invite someone to come with you. I've invited our Garden Web community. I've invited even some area churches, uh, their youth, to come out and join us on this night as well. And so it'll be a special time next Sunday night in the LEC. Uh, Kyle Murphy, who was uh, the former minister of music at Zor Baptist here in Shelby, uh, he and some bandmates will be leading us in this time next Sunday night. So come if you can to that. If you received your current for... Um, November. For those of you who are visiting with us, the current is our church newsletter. There was an article in the front that I wrote about uh, our theme for November, which is cultivating faithfulness. And we're going to look at different topics uh, related to cultivating faithfulness throughout November and what that uh, can do for our growth and for our health, just like someone who would cultivate the soil. And uh, one of the challenges that we're going to have relates to Sunday school. And so I'm going to, I've asked Ted to come and just speak briefly about that. As Keith said, he has given us quite a challenge for this month, and uh, one, one of the first uh, phrases in there was not waiting till the end of the month to be thankful. This is Thanksgiving month, of course, and uh, let's don't let's don't uh, wait till the end of the month and start thinking everything. In Sunday school, we're trying a few things different this year. We have uh, assigned a, an assistant director of Sunday school. Uh, that'll be me. Uh, our director of Sunday school this year will be Donnie Hastings. Donnie has accepted that for us, and I uh, look forward to both of us working together and uh, hopefully doing some doing some good things. Uh, I want to personally thank all the Sunday school teachers that's out there, all the helpers, all the people that uh, are in Sunday school that help, and uh, you know keep roles, uh, do, do whatever. So if you, were, if you were a Sunday school teacher, an assistant teacher, if you keep the role, if you help in Sunday school, I want to recognize you at this point in time. If you would stand up, please. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but I think this is... Uh... And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, for doing this. I, I know we, we've got uh, some new classes this year. I've talked to a couple of people that have uh, uh, willfully volunteered to teach classes. Uh, uh, we, we've got some new classes and, and I think going forward we'll, we'll have some more. So uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Keith. The challenge for Sunday School was let's see if we can have 200 in Sunday school each Sunday for November. And um, a lot of, oh. I've got one thing. Uh, this year we've averaged about 173. <laughs> this morning we had 174, so we're doing better already. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. 
And on, and on good Sundays, we, we are in the 190s. And so it's, not, it's certainly not out of reach to have 200 in Sunday school. And so I want to encourage uh, all of those here this morning to be faithful uh, and bring someone with you. Uh, maybe you're here in worship and have come faithfully to worship, but, but maybe you're not plugged into a Sunday school class. We would love to talk with you about that. We have some wonderful classes and diverse classes. Uh, just because one adult class does not mirror another adult class here. And so uh, we would love to have you involved in growing and fellowshipping with a group of believers, but also growing in your faith as well. Join me now in, in time of prayer. God, we're grateful for the many activities and ministries that take place here at Boiling Springs Baptist. We're grateful for the service, the joy that is here this morning, your presence that's here this morning. Father, we pray that when we leave this place today, we'll leave different than when we came in. Those in here may need encouragement. We pray that they would find it in the songs and in your word and in the message today. For those that need to be challenged in some new way today. Father, that those maybe that have become complacent um, and uh, need to be awakened, Father. Lord, if that be us, Father, we ask that you would do that in us today. Lord, we also come today with many concerns on our hearts and our minds, some of which that have gone unmentioned or maybe too personal to, to share with anyone. Father, you know what those are, and Lord, help us to be careful today to place those at your feet and trusting you and having faith. Father, that you are a God of compassion, a God of mercy, and a God of love. Father, in the midst of your love for us, Lord, I pray that that love would motivate us to serve you, would motivate us to speak to others and live our lives in such a way that would bring you honor and glory. Lord, forgive us for when we fail you in those areas. Forgive us when we speak out of turn or when we do things that, uh, Father, are, uh, do not represent you in the best way. Lord, lead us as we move into a season of thanksgiving and soon into a season of, of the, the birth of your Savior, the coming of the Christ child. Father, uh, it seems like we were just here a few months ago, but yet we find ourselves here again today. We pray that we wouldn't go through these Sundays and go through these seasons, Father, just going through the motions. But Father, we pray that you'd be very real and very personal to us as individuals and as a church. Father, we're thankful today for the addition of Candy and Dick, and we ask for your blessings on her and her ministry, their ministry among us, Lord. We're thankful for our choir and our music ministry, and Lord, we're just so thankful and look forward to great things in the future. God, we're grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. We're grateful that in the midst of a climate right now in our country of uncertainty and um, frustrations, Father, that we serve a risen Savior who is victorious over sin and over death. And that, Father, whatever may happen in our world, we know that you are on your throne and we know that you are looking upon us with love and compassion. Father, lead us in a closer walk with you today as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next hymn is This Still My Soul. The words are found in your order of service, so if you are able, please stand with me and join in singing.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the fall weather and the cool nights. We thank you for all the many gifts that you give us. We all have an abundance, and you ask very little in return for that abundance. You just ask a tenth of all that you give us. Help us to cheerfully give that tenth and even more to help our hurting world and to spread your kingdom. Forgive us when we fail you and guide us in all that we do. Amen.
waiting, waiting. For our path today, which we're going with our sermon, Emmanuel, God with us, was the chorus in the midst of the anthem this morning. And uh, last week we looked at the fact that God's people know that he is with us through the thick of life, through the mess and the muck and the mire, and that hymn remind us of that as we as it talk, spoke of waiting, as it spoke of Emmanuel, as it spoke of patience. These are some things that are in short supply today. I think you would agree with me in that. For those who would argue that the Bible has relevance to today, I hope that they would see that or think about that a little bit differently after looking at today's passage from the minor prophet Habakkuk. That is not a household word, I would say, in our homes nor in our church even for that matter. We rarely hear the word Habakkuk, and we don't know a lot about this man, Habakkuk, but yet he has a very relevant and timely word for us uh, today. Most prophets speak God's word to the people, and usually that word is judgment. Um, most of these prophets are very assertive. They're very demanding. They would not be the ones who would be known to sit in a boardroom and work out a diplomatic process. These prophets were word, they had a word from the Lord, and they spoke it boldly, assertively, loudly, I mean, with, with great boldness uh, wherever they were. However, Habakkuk is a little bit different. Habakkuk, as we read through it, it's almost like a journal. It's almost like we're, we're, we're reading the, the, uh, the thoughts on the, the pen. Now, now they're printed now, but on a, of, a, of a prophet who was frustrated and who was, had great anguish about the things that he saw within his world. And he would write a message to the Lord, and the Lord would speak to him, and he would write once again. He did speak before the people, but he was unlike the other prophets in that he expressed his frustrations to God versus uh, him hearing from God and then speaking to the people. He did those, but he was unlike the other prophets and did not do that as much. Here Habakkuk is speaking, again, our very frustrations and bewilderment to God. I think a lot of us would agree that we have a few of those today. Um, his book begins with the roles reversed, at least, again, like I said, for the prophet. The first time Today is my first time ever preaching from Habakkuk. I told you last week we looked at the odd passage. It's not, well, it's not odd. That sounds bad to say that. We looked at the, the, the other minor prophet, the book of Joel, and we looked at that last week, and Joel had a very timely, timely word for us in, in the fact that he reminded us that God is with us uh, through the thick of life. As Judah was going through uh, their very difficult time as well, and he was reminding them that he was, he was with them. Who was Habakkuk? His name comes from a Hebrew word meaning to embrace, meaning to embrace, which is symbolic of the strong and honest communion that Habakkuk had with the Lord. He was a praying prophet. We see this throughout the book. We see it especially in chapter 3. He was a prominent citizen of Jerusalem during a time of national trouble. One of the reasons I've learned to love this little book is that I identify with his thoughts and with his questions that we're going to look at here in just a moment. His questions, his longings, his frustrations are spot on with us today. Very relevant word. Also similar to the Psalms that we looked at this summer on Wednesday nights and at other times, even on Sunday mornings, and the Psalms is the, the honest uh, and just gut-wrenching honesty at times in Psalms that, uh, that David and other authors there in Psalms put before us. 
um, in, in a way, they, they gave us a, our, their blessing in a sense of being able to, to feel and to speak our thoughts. Many of us have questions and, and, and concerns and frustrations, but sometimes we don't, and it's a shame that we don't feel led to, but we can't, sometimes we feel like we can't express those at church. Maybe we have doubts or we have questions, but yet the Psalms, the author of the Psalms and Habakkuk gives us permission, as if we needed it though, but to, to speak honestly and to ask those questions uh, to God. The purpose of Habakkuk is to show that God is still in control of the world despite the apparent triumph of evil. Church, this is a message we need to be reminded of today as well. Let's look once again to the passage. Habakkuk 1 verse 1, it says, the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. And the oracle, another word there, could be burden. Habakkuk was burdened And we see that here in the following words, which he said. He asked two questions here in chapter 1. He said, how long, O Lord, will I call for help? How long and you will not hear? I cry out to you violence, but you do not save. My dad recently asked when Hurricane Matthew was slamming the East Coast and he saw these homes that were flooded. And I I think of the Kennedy home, I think it is, for our Baptist children's home down east that was completely flooded. All the kids and staff and everybody had to be moved to the home in Thomasville. I believe that's right, and I could be getting the name of that home wrong. I think it's the Kennedy home, though. But my dad was asking that. He said, why? He said, God could calm the waters with reaching out his hand or speak. You know, my dad was just struggling with that, and I I hear my dad and I hear some of you, when these national disasters happen, we ask, you know, why? But here, Habakkuk was asking the first question, how long, Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? And then he asked the second question in verse 3, why do you make me see iniquity? And calls me to look on wickedness. Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Sounds a little bit like our world today, doesn't it? Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld for the wicked surround the righteous. We see these questions, how long? We see these questions of why. And we see in verse 4 where it speaks about law and justice is ignored. The circumstances that surrounded Habakkuk Um, to voice these concerns was that God said he was going to judge his people. And what was hard for Habakkuk to stomach later in chapter 1 was that God was going to use his enemy, the nation of Babylon. It also refers to the Chaldeans to bring about this judgment. Now put yourself in Habakkuk's shoes. God speaks to you and says he's going to bring judgment on you, and you're thinking, oh, great. It's going to, I mean, on, on 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 the enemies. But yet God says, well, I'm going to do it in a different way. I'm going to use your enemy to bring about judgment on my people. Habakkuk was floored. His, his few questions turned to many questions, I'm sure at this point, if you continue to read in chapter 1. God is telling Habakkuk that he will use a godless nation to punish a godly nation. It didn't make sense, and Habakkuk was quick and bold to say so. He dared to voice his own feelings that God didn't know what he was doing, in a sense. You see that as you read through chapter 1. I'm not putting anything in here. You see it as you read it. Not a day has passed since that God's people haven't responded and haven't repeated Habakkuk's bafflement. God, this just doesn't seem to make sense. We've all been there. Sometimes uh, families or individuals can be so frustrated. Habakkuk was frustrated. He, it speaks of the burden here in chapter 1, that he's going to the Lord saying, you know, how long will you let this things go on? Why do you do these things that you're doing, God? He's being very honest in his journal, and his writings to the Lord, in his questions. But sometimes within our families, within our communities, you and I can become so frustrated, and this can be somewhat comical, but yet it's not when we're in the midst of the argument, 
we can become so frustrated and so angry sometimes, especially I think of it in reference to a, a parent and a child. Uh, I, I talked about this the last few weeks in something. I can't remember what it was, but, but the parent is so frustrated, is so mad. Why the, why the teenager, why the young adult didn't do what, you know, they said to do? And they're asking questions to the child. And the child, you can almost picture it, is trying, you can see it in a sitcom or something. The child's trying to give a response. He's trying to answer. But before he can get out an answer, the parent's on to the next question. Why did you, and, and, and when you thought about this, why did you, and, and the kid just can't say anything because the parent keeps, you know, you know somebody's mad if they don't give you time to respond. You know, does that happen in your, in, in your home with your child or does it happen with the husband and wife? Sometimes you just kind of know that, okay, let things calm down. And when the questions cease, then I can formulate at least some form of an answer. It may not be acceptable to the one who is angry, but at least we can begin to, to, begin to move forward. And you begin to sense that here uh, with Habakkuk. As we read, I'm thankful that, that we see Habakkuk move from bewilderment and frustration and anger and this idea that God doesn't know what God is doing to understanding and being okay with God's sovereignty. And you see that throughout the book of Habakkuk. You see it here as we're going to look here at the beginning of chapter 2. But it, before we do that, in chapter 1, Habakkuk started out exactly where many of us are today with our complaints and with our accusations. But I'm thankful that he and I hope that we do not stay there. He goes from saying, God, your, your justice is a joke, and why, don't you rem, um, and why do you remain silent, do something, to he climbs the lookout tower in chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, and says, I'll wait to see what God says and how he'll answer my complaint. The tone completely changes. We're going one direction in chapter 1, and then in chapter 2, we're almost expecting Habakkuk to explode because he's so angry and he's so frustrated. But yet, until he doesn't know what he needs to do, he st until he knows what he needs to do, he steps back and he waits. I think you and I could take some lessons from Habakkuk in our families, in our communities, and in, a, and in our world today could hear this message. I will stand on my guard post, he says in 2.1, and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. We've all been there. We've all been angry. We've all been frustrated. And the immediate thing that we often do, sometimes to our own fault, is we act. And therefore, sometimes we say things we shouldn't say and we do things we shouldn't do. But Habakkuk indicates here an active waiting. If you'll uh, look with me at the beginning of verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I have this idea, I think of you, Ed, and the work that you did in military. I think of, you know, uh, of an active soldier watching. They're waiting, and they're watching, and it's not passive. It's not a passive waiting. It's not a passive watching, but they're there. They're stationed, and they're waiting, and they're looking. And Habakkuk says that he will stand on his guard post and station himself at the rampart. He will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how he may reply. Habakkuk, in a sense, is saying, by faith, I will wait for the Lord's response. We see this later down in verse 4 of chapter 2, where he says, the righteous will live by his faith. I don't know anyone who enjoys waiting. I, I, don't, I don't think we need to have a lifted hands there, but when you think of waiting, I immediately think of the DMV. Amen. 
I think of the DMV or you think of, um, you know, you think of a stoplight or you think of a doctor's office. I mean, there's all kinds of places where we can think of waiting, but I don't know anybody that likes waiting. And what I hate more than anything is unpurposeful waiting, is waiting, you know, that just is for the sake of waiting. I don't have anything good to read. I don't have anything good to listen to. And it's just, it's just time that I'll never get back. I don't know how, if any of you are like that, but that, that frustrates me because I always take something with me if I know I'm going to be waiting so I can make good use of that time and it can be purposeful waiting. The waiting here for Habakkuk and maybe for you and I and for, for us this morning, it's a purposeful waiting. While we, are, we go to God with our frustrations, we go to God with our complaints, but yet we pause and we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do until we wait, much like Habakkuk here in chapter 2, verse 1. Campbell Morgan has the quote, he talks about waiting on God. He says, waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. Waiting for God means first, activity under command, and second, readiness for any new command that may come, and third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. If you look in chapter 2, again, at verse 1, he talks about this waiting, and only after that time of waiting, then, it says, the word then in in verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said. And what he said was, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. This could mean two things. It means put it on the tablets that the one who receives it can run with the message, or it could mean write it large on a tablet, in a sense so that as we are walking life's highway, as you and I are going down the highway, if a billboard had small print up on the billboard, as some do, we can't read it and we don't know what it says. But most billboards that are, are effective in their advertising and in their marketing have a large print or have a, have a great picture on it that will catch our attention and words that we can read while we're on the run. And we see that here in verse 2 of chapter 2. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries or lingers, wait for it, for it will certainly come and it will not delay. Verse 3 reminds us once again of God's sovereignty, this idea that the revelation awaits, though it tarries, though it lingers, wait for it, for it will certainly come and it will not delay. There's three applications from the text today that I just want to make note of that have come to my heart and mind as I was reading and meditating on this, what I feel is a very relevant word for us today. The first thing is that God can take our questions, but he may only answer some. God can take our questions, but he may only answer some. Another application is waiting strengthens our patience and lengthens our perspective. Waiting strengthens our patience and lengthens our perspective. Many of you, and uh, I'll put myself, many of us have went down a path too hastily at times, and we've ended up being at a place that we never wanted to be. If we take Habakkuk's advice today, we may come to God with our questions. We may come to God with our frustrations and our why and our how long will you allow this to continue. We step back and as we wait, and then when we hear the word from the Lord, when we know how to proceed, when when we know and feel led as how he would have us to go forward, then we begin to move. I think all of us have have done things at times when we have acted too quickly. And then we, we, like I said, we found ourselves at a place where we never wanted to be. But waiting strengthens our patience and lengthens our perspective. We begin to see the situation before us in a new light that we, 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 that we would have never seen had we rushed to a certain conclusion or rushed to a certain action. 
But patience and waiting gives us a new perspective. And after the waiting, when God does speak, be ready to act on what he says. And as you continued, if we had time this morning to go throughout Habakkuk, we can see how he did that. But as we wait, let us wait to hear from the Lord. And when we do, let us be willing to act. Some other verses that are uh, some of my favorites when it comes to patience, one that uh, I memorized when I was uh, young, uh, that speaks of, uh, many of you know this as well, Isaiah forty thirty one. it says, they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Paul reminds those in Corinth, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. God fulfilled divine purposes in and through Habakkuk, and he is and will fulfill divine purposes through you and me as well. Waiting is not fun. I don't enjoy waiting, like I said earlier. But waiting can give us a new perspective. It can, it can promote growth in us that cannot happen in any other way. In the midst of our questions and our frustrations regarding God's ways, let us be steadfast. Let us stay the course and let us trust in him. Despite our seeing things differently, he is in control and has a divine purpose in mind. How are we doing with our waiting? We're living in a time today in a culture, in a news cycle, that's not too good on waiting. It's not too good on patience. It's not good on letting... uh, and seeking time away to allow God to speak and allow God to move in our hearts and in our lives. I hope that you this week will go to God with your questions and go to God with your frustrations and concerns. Habakkuk's word was timely for the people of Judah during that day, and it's timely for us as well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. That We're thankful that, Lord, it's a living and active word. It's not just simply words on a page, but, God, when we go to it, it, it challenges us. It inspires us. Lord, Habakkuk had questions and he had frustrations. We said in a prayer boldly as we started the service, why don't you change the world, God? We're tired of some of the things that we see. And Father, we invite you to act. We ask you to act on behalf of the world, on behalf of our families and community's sake. But Father, you remind us as we look to your word, as we wait, as we seek your face, Father, there's a challenge there as well for us to go about and be your hands and your feet and your voice in the midst of the world. Father, help us like Habakkuk to wait, to hear, to spend time with you, that time of devotion and prayer and scripture and song. Lord, and help us to be ready like Habakkuk was and many others throughout history, that when you do speak, that when we do hear that answer, help us to be willing and ready to answer, and willing to go, and willing to act on how you should speak to our hearts. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you desire church membership, I'd love to talk with you about that. Uh, If you have a prayer concern, the altar is open. If you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no better time than the present. Today can change your life forever. And I would invite you to come, and I would like to talk with you more about what it means to follow Jesus. Let's stand and sing together.
remain standing just for a moment. Uh, this morning, we welcome Candy and Dick Wilson, not only to serve here at the church, but we also, they also come today seeking membership in the body of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. What is the pleasure of the church? So <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and I guess we need a second. All those in favor, if you'll raise your hand and wave at them. All right. <laughs> um, but Candy and Dick, we welcome you to the body of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're excited uh, about just these coming weeks with Advent coming up here in just a few weeks and service planning. But we're just excited not only about the music ministry, but about the overall ministry of what this is going to look like. And I look forward to working with you. And um, I'm sorry you've got to put up with, with me and with all the other staff. But, um, but we, we look forward to, 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 the, to the upcoming ministry in, in the days and the weeks and years ahead. Um, I'm going to close this in a word of prayer, but after the prayer, I invite you to come by and uh, offer them the right hand of fellowship and give them a hug and uh, let them know that we look forward to, to working with them and, and sharing life with them. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your love. We're thankful, Lord, that um, you don't uh, shy away from us when we ask our questions and when we share our frustrations with you. But Father, we pray that you would hear them clearly. And that, Father, that you would answer us. Give us the will and uh, the uh, discernment to wait upon you. And, Father, help us to act when we hear that message from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.